0: Good evening, everybody, and we're delighted to be joined by one of the opposition camp, uh, for the want of a better description, in Aidan Delaney of Southeast Radio. Thanks a million for joining us this evening, Aidan.
1: Yeah, no problem, Adrian. Glad to be on.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a, a big clash which we'll move on to soon, uh, tomorrow evening, between uh, 3D United and Wexford FC at the Markets Field. Uh, it would be great to have wexford back it'll be the first um, competitive uh, opponent at home in the markets field for the newly formed uh, treaty united and um, before we, before we get on to the, the match specifically Aidan, um what's the feeling like around wexford FC uh in terms of their expectations and hopes for the 2021 season as a whole.
1: Uh, to be quite honest with you, Adrian, it's it's kind of been the same that it's always been. Nobody's expecting anybody uh, in this team to be pulling up trees, to be quite honest. You know, we finished second last, last year. Um, we're just looking for a bit of progress here in the Southeast. We know that uh, there's plenty of, potential in this squad that there's a lot of young players come in and so basically everybody's just looking for a bit of progress this year and to get a few more points on the board and to just really uh, put a stamp put a Wexford stamp on this league because it hasn't really had it since Shane Keegan left really and Wexford were you know first division champions just six years ago but that seems like an awful long time ago now so really uh People in the Southeast are very accommodating in this team. They know that, you know, any bit of progress, you know, a couple of wins on the board will fly you right up the table. So there's no, not going to be any first division title here in Wexford, but, you know, just to get into mid table would be a dream really.
0: Yeah. When, I, when we were speaking on our Sport and Numeric soccer podcast that we have weekly, we, we did a bit of a prediction list and we did have Wexford second bottom um, across the board uh, uh, Jason so, or Aiden sorry excuse me so you know it was. It, it's interesting to see um, you know will will they progress because it's going to be difficult uh, in this division because it's been touted obviously the first division this year as being one of the most competitive in years you obviously had Shelburne coming down you've Galway having real expectations of going straight back up you've Cork City uh, and the like. so as you were saying maybe the, the, the measure of progress for Wexford will be picking up more points rather than flying up the table as such
1: yeah, absolutely. Because I think one, uh, one change to this season has been that Wexford have uh, a core of the team that was there last year. Generally, when the first division ends, a lot of players go back to Dublin or go back to wherever they came from and Wexford are left picking up the pieces starting again. So, The one thing that's been positive about this off-season is that plenty of the players from last year have decided to stick around. So you definitely have a core of last year's team. You still have Tom Murphy in goal. Dan Tobin has stayed on as captain. Uh, You've got Connor Crowley in midfield. Jack Doherty is still there uh, to score a couple of goals. So you definitely have that spine of a team there from last year and a couple of you know youngsters coming in from the likes of Shelburne uh, coming from the Sunderland Academy from Cabin plenty of those lads are coming to supplement the side that we had from last year so there's definitely a feeling that this might be a stronger squad than last year's squad but as you say everybody has strengthened so you know Wexford might be up a level but everybody else has gone up a level too so Wexford might stay where they are
0: yeah, one of your former coaches is actually one of our regular contributors in Noel O'Connor. Uh oh, yes, of he, course. He's obviously with us and, and he is still very close to a lot of people in, in Wexford. Um, when we were looking through the spot, that certainly was something we picked up on and uh, Tommy Barrett, the 3D manager, has obviously mentioned it as well, although he'd obviously be trying to downplay expectations on his own side of course, and yeah. build up the opposition. But, you know, you have the likes of Luke Turner coming in there from, from Aberdeen and there has been players coming in from without naming them all. I, I have example Alex O'Hanlon for instance as well. Well, yes. and they've all come from very good clubs, so you know, there is a, a, a feeling around the, the league in general that you know, they're going to the likes of Ferry, Carrie Park. They're certainly not going to get it easy this season, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely, and it is you know, these are players with potential. Maybe they haven't spent that much time in the league, but you know, there is uh experience there at the same time, lads who have won trophies and underage. Uh, you've got Luke Turner, who has experience of uh, Scottish football. You know, Jack uh, Connolly was over in Sunderland. Tom Murphy was over in Everton. Alex O'Hanlon was over in Liverpool. So these lads know what it takes to play at the top level. Uh, they've just come home now. And uh, the real problem is for Wexford that there isn't really, ha- there hasn't really been this consistency of performance for quite a while. So um, again, taken into the Cabo, okay, the Cabo game from the first weekend, I mean, there was plenty to be positive about there and then, you know, plenty of opening night jitters as well, I would say. Particularly the the first goal was, you know, a free header in the box, given the captain, you know, acres of room. And, you know, those kind of problems have been sort of carried over from last year. So you'd be hoping that Wexford will be able to sort of minimize the mistakes and accentuate their positives and hopefully get a couple more points on the board.
0: Yeah, that's something I definitely picked up on, Ed. And I did watch the, the Wexford and Kevin Tealy game last week. I watched it back. I didn't watch it live. But um, it was certainly uh, interesting to see, you know, and, and probably worrying for Brian O'Sullivan to, to see how easy it was for Kevin to win headers in the box. It's, it's funny, obviously, Wexford's goal did come from a set piece themselves in Luke Turner, yeah. but they, they were very um, very uh, sloppy in terms of their defending in, in terms of the, in, in the defensive part of the game, in the box against Kevin Teeley. And Kevin Teeley did have chances to score a couple more uh, from set pieces as well. So that will be a big worry, I suppose, for Brian Sullivan and probably a target for Tommy Barrett as well.
1: Yeah, I spoke to Brian after the game and he was very disappointed that the two goals came from set pieces because that's something you can work on. And I suppose that's the one positive is that, you know, you can kind of get those mistakes out of, out of the way in week one. If, this, if you start seeing in week two, week three, week four, something has to change. So I think that's something they'll definitely have worked on. Uh, particularly the second goal was... Very poor, you know, it was it was one of those free kicks which was in the middle of nowhere. It shouldn't have been a free kick at all, really. And it's one of these goals that bounces in off the post. Nothing really the goalkeeper can do. And, uh, you know, suddenly you're 2-0 down with whatever it was, 50 minutes on the board. So Wexford were always facing an uphill battle after that. I think they did show that uh that little bit of uh steel and determination which probably hasn't been there for a while they got themselves back into the game and for the last kind of 25 minutes maybe nearly half an hour they were probably the better side and probably deserved to get something from that game i would feel anyway um but unfortunately you know cabin tealy are a very experienced team pat devlin knows how to set up a side Uh, i know brian was very uh Disappointed really with some of the time wasting tactics and all that kind of stuff. And the worst thing about playing in Ferry Carragh is without the ball boys there, the ball can go nearly out onto the N11, so you're waiting for ages for it to come back. So I think the one thing I think is missing from this Wexford squad is that kind of experienced head somebody in his 30s, somebody who's been around the league for years really to just settle the side down a little bit because they did start to nip at the Cabinteely lads. And you know, again, this Wexford team is full of youngsters, full of lads who don't have that. Uh, necessary experience to sort of deal with these kind of games. And I think that's something that's going to be a big problem for Wexford going forward is that they don't have somebody who can just calm things down a bit, get their foot in the ball, uh, settle the young lads and, you know, help get Wexford get back into the game. But, you know, it's a new challenge coming up against treaty next week, uh, this coming week. So I think they will be certainly up for the challenge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that both those teams will have in common, Aidan, and that's a game. It's certainly a massive game because no matter what either manager says, both of these managers will be targeting three points from this game. Uh, very important, you know. Westford will obviously see uh, Treaty coming in uh, as a as a new team and they would certainly be targeting because they do have inexperience experience as well. There is a few players now, let's be honest, with with Treaty in comparison with Wexford that, you know, you've got the likes of Mark Ludden and Jack Lynch who were with Galway last year um, You know, and play prominent roles in their uh Playoff push uh, under John Caulfield. So I suppose we can't use that excuse as much as Wexford, like in terms of experience. But it's certainly a game that that both will be targeting. And if either wins it, it makes it a a very good start in comparison with whoever loses will probably be feeling, oof, this could be a longer season ahead than than expected.
1: Yeah, one thing, one positive for Wexford this week is Dan Tobin. The captain is coming back in. I imagine he'll slot in a right-back coming in for Carl Fitzsimons, who for me personally, didn't really match the intensity of the game last week. It just kind of looked a bit lost. So I think that'll certainly give Wexford a bit of an outball as well. Somebody to just <coughs> calm everybody down and, and put their foot on the ball, really. So I think there's definitely positives to take from last week for Wexford. Paul Fox looked really dangerous. I thought when Jack Doherty came on, he you know gave, gave Wexford a different attacking outlook, really. Success Edigan came on. He looked a bit more lively than Kyle Robinson, who started the game. So there's definitely positives to take. And I think Wexford will be delighted that this is the game that they have next coming up. Obviously, Marcus Field is is somewhere that they haven't been for quite a while, but it's it's a, a place with a storied history, to be fair. Um, but, you know, to actually go there and, you know, take on a team who might be in a, a similar position to Wexford, I think this is probably the game that they'll be targeting. And look, they'll be happy enough to nick a 1-0 win and get, the, get back down to Wexford and hopefully build for the, the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, we were we were saying earlier on that you know Maxfield is obviously a, a really a modern stadium now. If you know the facilities are quite good and that away teams you know probably wouldn't mind travelling uh, for a day of yeah. Maxfield. It's it's not like maybe did the, the Wimbledon back in the eighties, early nineties, and <laughs> yeah. um, maybe something the treaty might want to make it on the pitch though is, is a real a real tough battle because, yeah, and try and make the markets feel a fortress. Actually, while I think of it actually as well, I, I noticed from the, the game against Kevin Teeley that it seemed to be quite ambitious, uh, Formation-wise, from Brian O'Sullivan, Aiden, um, quite fluid at times, like there was three centre-backs at all times, but sometimes it looked like it was like a 3-5-2, but there was a lot of times Mm -hmm. in the game where it looked like it was shaped as like a 3-4-3 almost with Paul Fox right up there too. Um, Is that something, is that the type of ambition that Brian O'Sullivan has shown as manager uh, throughout, or is this a, a more recent development?
1: It has been a bit more recent. I think Brian is somebody who's very pragmatic. He'll use whatever is at his disposal. And I think he's discovered really that he does have a very strong defense there. Uh, given the, the sort of defensive errors last week, it didn't look like that. But I think Paul Cleary and uh, James Carroll are certainly somebody, uh, certainly two men who have been there before, who know what Wexford are about who can form a partnership there, and particularly with Luke Turner coming in or uh, somebody like Alex O'Hanlon coming in, it does give you that little bit more you know, defensive solidity that you can go on. And uh, Paul Fox was starting on the right. He it popped up on the left. He was certainly sort of buzzing about making himself busy. Mm. Um, again, when you have somebody like Conor Crowley in midfield, I'm a big fan of Conor Crowley. He can be a bit... Um, I don't want to say mindless at times, but sometimes he makes the wrong decisions, but somebody like that can actually, you know, anchor your midfield a bit and it allows, you know, Carl Managhan or whoever is beside him to sort of bomb forward a bit. And definitely, yeah, something has to change at Wexford. And if it is a tactical innovation that can get, you know, your best players on the field, I'm sure Brian will be more than happy to do that. I think with Paul, uh, with uh, Dan Tobin coming back in uh, this week, it'll probably be a more static back four, I would imagine. Um, But, I'd say Brian will, you know, use what he has at his disposal and maybe uh, adapt the team to the game if it's not going their way.
0: Yeah, and I know for a fact you, you guys in in Wexford would probably have seen that one of our more creative players here in, in 3D United, um, Sean McSweeney, is suspended for the game. He got sent off for two buckle offences last week in Spray, which will be a boost for Wexford as well, Um, in, because... Even though obviously, treaty showed a lot of grit and determination, like we spoke about during the week, got a great nil-all draw, showed uh, great defensive capabilities. We didn't show anything as such in the attacking uh, third of the field, um, and we're also missing one of our or two, maybe of our more creative players now in Sean McSweeney, and then you have Joel Kustrain and last year's striker fratone Dean George all missing. And um, that all uh, goes in favour of Wexford as well, I suppose, as you mentioned, with their captain Dan Tobin also coming back into their team.
1: Yeah. So Dean is obviously somebody we'd know here at Wexford too. He spent a couple of years down here too. So yeah, um, I think that's, uh, problem that both sides have really is that uh, they're both missing this kind of 15-20 goal a season striker and um, as I mentioned Kyle Robinson has come down from uh, Pats there uh, somebody who knows how to score at underage level but you know the first division is a bit of a step up and he looked a little lost at times against Cabin Thiele. they have two massive centre backs and you know he was being bullied off the ball a little bit I think if Wexford can get the ball down and sort of get the ball in behind uh, there was one attack down the right hand side where Kyle managed to get it one-on-one with the goalkeeper and uh, was unlucky not to do better, so I think definitely uh, I'd say both teams are going to struggle to probably score in this game. Um, I did wh- catch a little bit of the, the Bray game, and I was very impressed with Sean McSweeney. And to be honest, when he went off that time, I feared for you a little bit. I thought Bray might get the ball, foot in the ball, and, and actually uh, kick on from that game. But definitely, Treaty showed that they have a defensive solidity there, and uh, Wexford will find it difficult to break that down. So. I'd say if you were a betting man, probably a nil-all draw is probably the, the safest result you can get, but, you know, both teams will definitely go out to win it too.
0: I'm delighted to hear that, Aidan, because normally when someone predicts a nil-all draw, it ends up in a 3-2 or a 4-3 thriller, <laughs> so it could be... <laughs> it can happen too, the
1: there was plenty of those results in, in pre-season for both sides, I believe, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and then, you know, obviously, I suppose, if anything, the, the result for uh treaty against uh Bray shows you that, the type of division we're looking at here, and that anyone can pick points off each other. I know we said it's going to be tougher, and you will have the likes of Shelburne and Galway, like we already mentioned as well, full time setups who are going to have that advantage in terms of player recovery uh, and the likes. But it just shows you, like on the day Bray, in my opinion, didn't even when they went down, and even when Tree went down to 10 men, didn't create. An awful lot of clear cut chances. Brandon Cavanagh went closer to a free kick. There was a couple of maybe few scares from crosses, but there wasn't much in it. And it just shows you that it will be a division where, you know, every game is unpredictable, to be honest.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and that's why this kind of game is so important for a team like Wexford. You have to beat the teams around you if you want to you know, get yourself further up the team, the pitch because, look, going to a place like Toca Park or Turner's Cross or even out to Galway is going to be a tough place to get any points. So Wexford will know that every single home game is going to be important and to take points off of the Cabin and the Treaty Uniteds and the Cove Ramblers, like, this is the games they should be winning, and if they want to make any progress at all, these are the games they have to target.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, last week was, was a, an interesting start. You obviously had the, the predicted top two in Galway and Shelburne meeting at, um, in DC Park. at uh, McCauley was sent off early. I actually was quite impressed myself with Shelburne before he was sent off, but also after he was sent off. And to be honest with you, Galway seemed to lack. The cutting edge in in the final third, which is something we kind of flagged as it might be a problem for them for the year. There was a lot of maybe sidewards, lateral passes, uh, couldn't penetrate between the lines. There was a lot, you know crossing from crosses from deep where there was very little angle for the strikers or the, the wingers to attack the ball. Um and I thought any, as one of my colleagues said to me, any question of Shelburne not being up for the fight in terms of, you know, we all know they have great football ability, but not being up for the fight in this division, that was quashed fairly quick on, on Friday night.
1: Yeah, I thought so. There was a lot of people who were I think wrongly targeting Ian Morris and, and the the Shelburne setup there and, you know, being a bit harsh about, you know, obviously it wasn't a great season last year coming down to the first division where I think, um, plenty of these players, uh, in the Shelburne squad will feel like they're premier division players. They don't feel like this is their level. So, um, I definitely think they'll definitely show, uh, a fight and determination like you. I was a little disappointed with Galway. We've been hearing all throughout, you know, I think every single person has tipped them to at least be in the top two. Um, I thought John Caulfield probably could have done a bit more to, to just make an impact on that game. I think he was more than happy to just, you know, it was the opening night, probably the toughest game they'll have all season really. And uh, they were probably happy enough to just take the points and, and go home with it. So um, I definitely think there's more to come from this Galway side, but I, uh, Plenty,
0: plenty more to come from Shelburne too Yeah, I'd agree with you I was, I was one of those that you've mentioned that put the pressure on Ian Morris uh, in before the season started but that's probably because of my bias and envy for Shelburne for the many years of yeah. the Premier Division titles when we were younger but uh, yeah the, I, and another point that I meant to say to you obviously about Kevin Teeley I actually I actually pipped Cabin Teeley to finish bottom due to the upheaval they've had obviously you know the, the trouble that both clubs had last year um, in terms of the ineligibility of a player. Oh, like
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, we know the trouble and there was a bit of spice to that as well. But, yeah. um, I have picked Cavendish finished bottom, but they do have some wily, wily old foxes, if you want to call it where we've got Pat Devlin there, we've got Eddie Gormley there, you have also got um, Collie O'Neill involved in the, the coaching as well um, do you think from watching them that there was any signs that because of their Dublin base and likes as well that they will be able to finish higher up the table and then maybe we'll say 10th or 9th
1: yeah, like you, I when I saw the fixture list come out and I saw, you know, Kevin Teely come down to Ferry Carrig on the opening weekend, I kind of slapped my hands together and thought, you know, that should be an easy three points for Wexford and a, a good way to start off. So I think to lose to them was very disappointing and you could hear that in Brian O'Sullivan's voice when, you know, when they were coming off the field. So um, I think that, they scored early in that game and, you know, had the the wit and determination to just make sure that they held on to that. The second goal was almost a bonus for them. They didn't really contribute that much to the game. I thought Wexford were doing most of the attacking. And um, like you say, there's there's Wiley Foxes there in Cabin Teeley, so they'll definitely take points off of other sides. I still think that Wexford would definitely um sort of target themselves to finish above Cabin and you know, even above maybe the likes of a cove Ramblers or that too. So um Cabin Teeley are definitely a, a strong side but um, when I saw the likes of Paul Fox coming down to Wexford I thought he was probably the best player on the field and somebody they'll definitely miss going forward Cabin Teeley. so uh, I think there's definitely some uh, there'll be some tough trips out to Stradbrook for a lot of teams but I do think Cabin Teeley will probably struggle when it comes to away games against the the more top four sides.
0: Yeah, the I you know I always I always picture uh, our manager Tommy Barrett, when he was walking through the the Stradbroke pitch the last time I think Limerick FC played there. And if uh, Black Rock had been playing there the night before, it <laughs> was bobbles all over the pitch. as you know, but you can see how they will definitely pick up points maybe at home because it would be a tough venue for teams. Might not suit Kevin Teeley though, all the same as well, I suppose. We know with the likes of Jeremy Waters and other players we could yes. mention uh, there, you know. So like we can say that it'll be tough, I suppose, but it'll be tough on the home team this, this pitch. But anyway, um on the on another note and maybe a final note, uh it is it, it's it's superb, I suppose. And um, there was obviously teething problems with the uh, Loi TV uh, over the weekend in in certain grounds anyway, um, but it is super for supporters, players, even and managers alike um, that you can go back if you want watch games. You can watch them live. It's a it's a superb service and and you know I'm absolutely thrilled to have it myself and and I know you're probably in the same boat.
1: Yeah, so I was actually at the game for the Wexford cabin Teely game, but I, I hear there wasn't too many problems with the stream there. So, no, um, And to be fair to the lads at Wexford, back. yeah, and to be fair to the lads in the media team in Wexford, uh, the, lads, the likes of Anthony and Ronan and them, they've always been putting in an awful lot of effort, even when it was just through Facebook or just through Twitter Live or whatever. Like, you know, they've definitely put the the procedures in place. And I was glad to see that they were able to hang on when LOA TV came in because Ronan is somebody who's definitely put his, his stamp on the Wexford games. And uh, you know, people tune in to hear Ronan's take on the game almost as much as watching the game. So, um, and look, for Wexford you know we have this reputation of you know we don't celebrate we don't celebrate our own there was only ever going to be the likes of you know 100 200 people at Ferry Carrick Park even on a normal day if covid wasn't, wasn't around at all so um but i do think Wexford probably missed those 100 people because they are hardcore fans they are the ones that are there in the wind and the rain and everything like that so um i think that's probably a, be- a bonus for Wexford as well going to markets field i know you know in a normal year you know football back in Limerick people will be dying to get down and mm. I've seen those lovely commemorative uh t- tickets they have there as well they yeah. look absolutely amazing and you know oh, they would oh be a collector's so item amazed. for people yeah yeah they would be a collector's yeah. item for people for years to come like you know so um I think that's probably a bonus that Wexford are going up there it's only going to be the coaches and everything like that so um Definitely, it's it's uh, with the the streaming and everything like that. You know, you're able to to follow the games, and I think it, it makes the first division look a bit more professional. It looks a bit more, you know, people will take it more seriously because you know you and I are, are sitting here talking about the games now. This probably wouldn't have happened five ten years ago. So, um you know, it, it's a positive step forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before I leave you going, we've obviously had a, a massively divisive. Uh, situation in in Limerick senior soccer for many years and we've operated under different guises, been in different stadiums, uh, the list goes on I have to say, one thing I would say is I I do commend the stability uh, at Wexford, I know that it's never, you've never, like you've got to the Premier Division, obviously got relegated uh, through the playoffs again, suffered that heartache, but there's never been a maybe I suppose massive highs uh, you know, and maybe you would say there has been a few lows, but it's been fairly stable uh, for Wexford since their inception maybe in 2007 um you know and, and that is one thing I would say but there was a kind of a, a bit of a mad situation in pre-season where we had a, I think it was Eola FC who who came out to try and get involved in in league of Iron football and actually you know try to effectively take Wexford FC's place and and also wanted to use ferry Carry Park, which I found absolutely insane really what was it like down there in pre-season I know it was quashed fairly quick the interest but it must have been pretty uh, absurd really
1: yeah it was definitely a strange one as you mentioned you know we've only had League of Ireland soccer in this county for 14 years but Wexford soccer in general has been very strong over the years because you know even before we had the League of Ireland team we had Mick Wallace in charge of our county team and they were winning titles you know all over and that's where we get the Torino influences and that kind of stuff so um there's definitely the talent here in Wexford. And one thing you'll notice watching the the Wexford FC team for the last couple of years is the lack of uh, homegrown players, you know, the the local Wexford lads on the team, um, which is, it's, it's coming down to uh, sort of off the field issues and uh, personalities clashing and that kind of thing. Because, you know, even when you look at junior soccer here in Wexford, we have North End United who are often up in the sort of Leinster junior stakes, the FAI cup stakes um, you've got the likes of Gory Rangers. You've got the likes of, uh, Hibs, Shamrock Rovers here in town and then Scorthy. So uh, there's definitely the talent here. There's just a bit of a, a personality clash and that kind of came up with Yola FC as well. There's, it's still quite shrouded in mystery. Really. There's a couple of lads from the, the junior soccer section, uh, got together, decided to, uh, put forward a, a proposal for a, a league of Ireland club, as you called it Yola FC. Um, they were looking for a bit more of a Wexford focus because there is this perception, and rightfully so, in in, in times really that uh, the Wexford team doesn't represent the Wexford area. That there's an awful lot of players coming down from Dublin and Carlow and the likes of that. So um, it was it was quite a, a noble um, endeavour, I suppose, from the lads. But uh, it was never really going to fly. I mean you know, if a team can only take in 200 down in Ferry-Carrick Park, having two teams playing there wasn't going to, you know, it was going to split that audience rather than grow it. So it was never really a runner. Um, But I think it did sort of promote this bit of a a sort of a a look back for Wexford soccer to see, you know, why is it the case that plenty of soccer players in this county are able of playing at a League of Ireland level and haven't taken that step up and, uh, you know, that's why we've been focusing in Southeast radio on a young man, Evan Farrell. He's 17. He's come through the Academy there. He was actually a ball boy uh, behind the goal when Danny Furlong scored that record breaking goal in 2015. So somebody who's steeped in the the history of the club. So, you know, he's coming on to the first division, uh, the the first team squad now at the minute, Uh, 17, hopefully the future for Wexford FC and has told me that, you know, he doesn't want to play anywhere else. So, you know, if we could even get one player, one local player on the team, That would manage to, you know, inspire maybe a couple of other lads to, you know, not just play junior soccer to try yourself at at League of Ireland level, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see plenty more Wexford players in the Wexford team.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I hadn't really thought about it until you until you mentioned it, because you know I had always seen Wexford as a team that did produce a lot of locals because from the very start we will say back in 2007 but that's obviously changed with time and it can do. I know it's happened here in Limerick as well I mean you look at our former owner Pat O'Sullivan if you think about it we had a, a local teams for years until maybe 2008, 2009 when Pat came in we brought in Pat Scully as manager and all of a sudden we had Stephen Bradley Joe Gamble Dennis Behan mm-hmm. all these lads playing for us and it was not such a Limerick team anymore even though there was you know three or four lads particularly that were still there and um, you know, it's it's about what people want, I suppose, Aidan, isn't it? You know, because mm. you you want to sit. There there is a situation there where supporters want, and and locals included will say, oh, I'm not going to watch that. They're going to lose, but then they don't want you know players from other counties playing also. But you know, you have to be patient when you do have locals playing in the team, like we have now. with treaty that results aren't going to come thick and fast, and you do have to give them time and actual support, and and you know, not be reliant totally reliant on results.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, that's what we all want. We want to see Wexford players playing at the top level because, you know, we have had the likes of a Kevin Doyle who's reached the ultimate, you know, playing for the Republic of Ireland. And, you know, there's plenty of players who I think definitely in the next couple of years could reach that level as well. They just need to have an outlet. And, you know, Kevin himself had to go play for Cork City because, you know, he was coming up at the the wrong time, you know, and to have a Wexford in the, the county now at the minute, Means that there is, you know, that outlet for players should they decide to. And as I mentioned, there's plenty of players here who are more than happy to play at the junior soccer level. They can win t- titles and trophies at that level. Um, but you'd you'd hope that more of them might take the step up. You know, we've seen the likes of Chris Kenny come from Shamrock Rovers. He played in the league for quite a while. Uh, John Pear, uh, a Moyne Rangers player, he played for Wexford FC for a bit as well. So you know, it's good to have that pathway. And hopefully, you know, we've seen the likes of Darrell O'Connor. Uh, he was playing for the team last year. He's gone over to the Leicester City under-23s. So, you know, uh, you've got the likes of Kevin O'Connor, who's come from the county, um, somebody like Ryan Delaney, you know. So there's definitely Wexford players who have the talent to play in the League of Ireland, and hopefully they would choose to do that for a Wexford team rather than, you know, going abroad or, or going up to Dublin.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And again, our thanks uh, for you t- and to join us tonight. It was brilliant to, to have you on and have the, the opposition perspective uh, as such. Um obviously we won't be seeing you at the Marksfield unfortunately due to, to work commitments, but uh, yes. you know, it's um it it, it promises hopefully to be a, an interesting game anyway. And obviously we'll be hope to be in touch uh, with you and Southeast Radio through, throughout the, the year um, and maybe we'll meet again for the, the return fixtures.
1: Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to it. And look, I'm just hoping that it's a good game. I'm hoping Wexford put their foot on the ball and challenge Treaty a little bit because I think they're they're still a little sore from that loss to Kevin Tealy, and this is a game they'll certainly be targeting right from the start of preseason. So I think it's going to be, as I mentioned, it might be a nil nil because of the lack of striking options on both sides. But as you mentioned, these two teams uh, they'll be going at it hard, and you know maybe a three two isn't outside the realms of possibility either.
0: Yeah, hopefully, definitely in the home. Anyway, hopefully I'm sending you a text message later tomorrow <laughs> evening. But uh, yeah, see, absolutely. We'll uh, yeah, thanks for joining us in. Thank you. No problem.